The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Listen, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourself to be above the Lord's assembly? In the morning, the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy and he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near him. You, Cora, and all your followers are to do this. Take senses, and tomorrow, put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. Isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work of the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? He has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself, but now you are trying to get the priesthood too? It is against the Lord that you and all your followers have bonded together. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? Can someone bring Dathan and Abiram here for me so that I can speak to them? Moses summoning us? We will not come. Isn't it enough that you have brought us out out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us here in this desert? And now you also want to lord it over us? You haven't even brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey like you said, or given us an inheritance of the fields and vineyards. Will you gorge out the eyes of these men? No, we will not come. Now, family disputes is not a new theme that we're covering in the Bible, but this one is one that most people may just simply gloss over. Korah, one of the Levites, was not pleased with how Moses was leading them, especially with their new sentence of 40 years in the desert. This week, we are going to explore Numbers chapters 16 through 17. Be blessed. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We really... We keep, we, we're kept on being told we need a name for our audience and <laughs> we keep on putting it off. We'll come up with something at a certain point in time, but I mean, thank God for bringing us through another week. We're back here again, whatever trials and tribulations that you had going on this week, we know that God brought you through. And it's like one thing I heard, I can't claim credit for this, but it's like, even on your worst day, just think about the worst you probably had. Now I'm not even trying to promote negativity or anything, but think about it. That day is, that day is, in, is probably in your past. So that means... When you thought you weren't going to make it, God still brought you, brought you through. So that should give you some type of encouragement for what it's worth that, you know, God still got you. It doesn't mean that, like, the road is supposed to be easy. And I don't know why some people have that misconception that being a Christian is going to be all a bed of roses. It's almost quite the opposite. Like, God's going to have you, but you're going to have your trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through as a Christian. I mean, I ain't really, I ain't really seen it. Like, so we, we, um... We in the book of Numbers. I ain't really seeing no easy road for no one yet. <laughs> Adam and Eve had it the easiest now. Mm-hmm. You understand what I said? 
Um, we just see so much adversity with just everyone, you know. Isaac kind of had a chill. It, it's, yeah. it's, his journey was pretty chill. I ain't gonna lie. Even though you almost get sacrificed on top of him. <laughs> right, right. If, if we could just bypass that. <laughs> We don't know of too much adversity for Isaac's arc, but the Bible don't really go too, too deep into, deep his, into story. his life anyway. It was like he was a kid who almost got sacrificed and he was an old man who was not. He tried to find a wife for it like the age. Anyway, when you exactly. get into that. Like we didn't know nothing where Isaac was the main character. <laughs> and then we see Jacob, his life is turmoil. But based on his own actions and then it come a time in his son's life end up being turmoil to him. You know, mm-hmm. Joseph had it pretty hard. Now we got the, the Israelites and it's like, Super hard for Moses and everybody involved. And so as we continue through the Bible, maybe we may find a couple of people who had a, a free ride. But what I'm seeing is like, literally, if you if you was the only group of people who, who keep in God's commandment and, and the devil don't have to specifically tempt... Spread around the whole earth as he does now. Exactly. Like if he ain't enough to be preoccupied and he could just focus on you, I can't see how you think or how anyone would think that that's going to be an easy road. Mm. It's going to be a, a, a journey of... Um, Denying self every day. It's a constant battle. Like it's a day one day at a time. You gotta always, you know, be blasted up and just be dedicated to God every day. And to me, that's not easy. It's not easy to get up and, and exercise every day. You have to make that a lifestyle or, or it have to be a lifestyle change. Like everything that's really good for you and constructive for you, it starts off hard. It's a lot of growing pains. But once you make a lifestyle choice, then things can get easy. And it it really depends on what your definition of easy too. Mm-hmm. If it's based on the world, it's not easy to be a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Because to be a Christian is to be able to stand out from everything that is considered normal. We have a time now where people want to be addressed by the, their pronoun of choice. You understand what I'm saying? Mercy. And truthfully, like, does that align with with what's in the Bible? You understand what I'm saying? Mercy. You know, truthfully, bro, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of things that we go through mm-hmm. on a day to day basis where, from a from a, a worldly aspect, you can understand how this is the right and the most appropriate and most politically correct thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those things are not going to be in alignment with God because God and the world are two different sources. And you understand, like you can't serve God and mammon type of thing. You understand what I'm saying? You can't fresh water and salt water can't come from the same spot type mm-hmm. type of circumstance. So it will be a time where you have to draw a line in the sun and you have to pick a side. So, I mean, truthfully, that's, that's, that's my thing. It might not be too inspiring for you, but I'll tell you one thing, bro. What you rather? You rather you rather eighty years of bliss, and then eternity of nothing after that, or would you rather eighty years of not bliss and eternity of bliss and just love with God and, and all of that? So let's think about it from a, from a fraction perspective, like eighty divided by infinity. Like <laughs> you know, like what percentage is that? You, you understand what I'm saying? Or and no, or seventy because uh, mm-hmm. like, we promised seven from um, three score and ten, and I mean that's just the way you gotta look at it, bro. This this world ain't really set up for this ain't heaven. God wasn't giving us heaven. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was supposed to be initially, but the world we born into it ain't heaven. It's earth, and we can see that with the Israelites. Even though they were promised promised milk and honey, they're not getting milk and honey <laughs> right now. Is God put that up a complete postponement or not? Just to backtrack on, on last episode. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we see where the... And I don't usually start the part. You, you know what I mean? But we see where, where the Israelites, they have arrived at the promised land. You I got a quick question for you, though. Go for it. You know, I mean, and this could just be me and my era of thinking, right? But I remember growing up, people used to say the children of Israelite were in the, were in the wilderness for 80 years. But from what I'm seeing, 
I know that I remember that too, bro. I don't know where the word where the where the number eighty come come from at all. Maybe maybe that's how old Moses was when he died or something like that, which I highly doubt. Because he was eighty when he went back to Egypt, if I remember correctly. Because we know he been he was in he was in um that line for forty years. Yeah, and he was and he didn't go there as a baby. Leave. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? So he you, you understand? So I don't know. Where does 80 number come from, bro? But I with you, dog. Maybe you and I read the same source or, or, or heard this from the same person, bro. But I thought I thought they was um traveling for 80 years in the wilderness. Yeah, and I'm like, nope. Y'all literally got there in two years. And from that first two years, y'all was mostly stationary it's at the Mount chilling. of Sinai, building the tabernacle, getting instructions from the Lord and how y'all knew all our community and country gonna be. nationality going to be set up. And then y'all made it to Canaan and y'all had lack of faith. And that's when God said y'all going to be Y'all gonna have to wander around for 40 years until all of y'all down and y'all children inherit the land. So I mean to me that's like 42. Yeah, and, and the 40 years 42 years outside of Egypt. Exactly. And the 40 years specifically represents the amount of days that the spies was there, mm-hmm. was, was was in the land of Canaan, and they gave a bad report based on those 40 days. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know where the 80 come from. And and, hey, and you and I might be the only people in the world who, who remember 80. <laughs> yeah, they might be like, what are these guys talking about? I'll tell you. But um, yeah, so on, on that note. So about 42, let's just say 43 or less years, well, between 42 and 43 years have gone past and they, not even, not even gone past, I'm sorry, about three years, two to three years has gone past. They have already reached the promised land and now they are sentenced to be in the wilderness for another 40 years. Basically, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, this story ain't gonna progress and y'all not gonna get the promises that, that God gave you until this 40 years has, has already expired. And in, in that all of the people who spoke ill about God, mm-hmm. 20 years and older, they're not going to see the promised land. They're straight up. Because mm-hmm. you know? of your own lack of faith. Right? So now they, they God say, well, now we're going back to we going back towards the Red Sea. So however long it take you all to get there, we headed back. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? And that's so funny because they could have just camped out there for the 40 years or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Y'all going back because that's what y'all were saying. Y'all wanted to go back to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And then how y'all can, how y'all can park across the Red Sea if y'all really got what y'all wanted, you know? And so that's just a little preface of what we what we get into for this episode. So just just keep that in mind. It's a lot of drama, you know. It's a lot of people. A it's lot all of people turmoil just in the co- in, in the camp. It's all all of this is turmoil, bro. People dying after dying, bro. And it ain't like it ain't like y'all ain't already see God. God already gave y'all plagues before, like two years ago or last year. Y'all already seen where people die based on this. All of the people who gave a bad report just have died, and now still. Well, and even before that, Miriam had a plague because God saying, God trying to let you know, bro, I don't mm-hmm. play with Moses, you know, I don't play with him. I I have had many prophets up until this point, and I typically come in visions and dreams. In dreams. I don't even do that with him. I come face to face. I come face to face, and I don't speak in parables and quotes. I tell him straight up, that's just how much trust I have with him. That's just the level with Moses on. Mm-hmm. I don't play with this guy because this guy is worthy, and he is... um. He's long suffering, and he has all the qualities of of the of the leader that I want for this for this nation. But not everybody in the camp feels that way. Mm. Sometimes it be your own family. That's <laughs> what I say. Yeah, and to speak about that, so now we see pick up in verse uh, chapter sixteen. Um, we're talking about Korah, Korah, son of Izhar, the son of Kothath, the son of Levi. So now we see. Okay, so Korah is a Levite, just because we see he comes from the tribe of Levi. And so now if you go back to, and they say he's also the son of Kothat and the son of Izar. And so technically all of that there was, is important. So the Bible trying to let you exactly know who Korah was. You go back to Numbers uh, 3, 
In Numbers chapter 3, we see in Numbers 3.19, the, the Kothite clans, because remember we said, okay, so each, each son from the tribe of Levi had a specific purpose in regards to the, to the sanctuary and the tabernacle and the offering of sacrifices and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So we see the Kothite clan, so from the tribes of Levi, you had Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So now we see in Numbers 3.19, the Kothite clans, Amram, Ezar, Hebron, and Uziel. Amram. So you're saying Amram was a part of the Kohathite clan? Yes. And Amram is Moses and Aaron's father. Father, Yeah. Now we're seeing Amram and Ezar, who is Kohathite's father, are brothers. Hmm. So one can safely deduce from the Bible itself in the same book Mm. that this is Moses' first cousin. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So you're saying Moses' father and Korah's father are siblings. I ain't even saying that. <laughs> the Bible says that. <laughs> Numbers 3, 19 shows me that. So, so, so this, oh, and, and I, and, I, and it was this couple podcasts I supposed to say this. Everything in Numbers, bro, I had basically never heard about before. Mm-hmm. You understand? All of this stuff is new to me. I didn't know these people get to the promised land and chicken out. You understand? <laughs> I didn't know none of this, bro. Like, no lie. Like, like I, I read it, like, uh, like I'm talking about, I didn't know it growing up. So mm-hmm. I knew that they could grumble and complain too much, but I didn't know all of the deeds. So I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Didn't really, I, I had heard about the spies before, but I guess I, I mistaken the spies with when they was um with Rahab and, and, and Jericho. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think I heard about these spies before. What's the name? Korah? I did not know this name was in the Bible. I had never heard of this person, Korah, that's before. That's from Alpha Yeah, that's the only Korah I ever know from the show. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? And we have Moses' first cousin, mm-hmm. Korah, who is causing a ruckus in the camp. And just fun fact, Kor means bald. So one can deduce this baldy guy was giving Moses a lot of problems. Who was his first cousin? <laughs> just, you know, food for thought. Just for context. And even for more con- context too, the Kothite clans, they were in charge of, in Numbers uh, 329, the Kothite clans were the camp on the south side of the tabernacle. The leader of the family was uh, Elzevan, son of Uziel. They were responsible to, for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, and the articles of sanctuary used in ministering, the curtain and everything else related to their use. Hmm. But the big thing too, they were in charge of the Ark of the Covenant. Like these were the people who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Like they had a, in the tribe of Levi, they had a big responsibility. Because you know, not anyone even could touch that Ark. And these were guys who were specifically responsible for the Ark. Mm-hmm. So that's... So there's a lot of responsibility, right? But let me ask you this, bro. Have you ever heard the name Korah in the book of Numbers alone before number 16? No, I didn't, honestly. So, what about in Exodus? <laughs> no. Leviticus? No. So, you telling me <laughs> that this whole time, this Korah person has just been in the background, has not done anything, did anything significant to be introduced in the Bible? Not that I... Not, not, not that, that I, we could do not, not that I can recall. Exactly. So, it's just so interesting how, like, you know, like how... You all can of have, a sudden. All of a sudden, right? Like, you can have fame. You could be famous for saving the old lady, Right? Or you could be famous for not saving the old lady. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? What type of fame you want? Mm-hmm. And Cora wanted the fame, and he got just that. I don't know if it was the type of fame that he wanted, so we'll, we'll just get into the story. <laughs> uh-huh. So now we see, uh, picking up in verse 2, Cora and his... Uh, oh, so let me just read it. So this time from 16, verse 1. Cora, son of Ezar, son of Kothath, son of Levi, and certain Reubenites, Dathan, and... Abiram, Abiram, sons of Eliab and On of Peleth became insolent. They rose up against Moses. With them were 250 Israelite men. 
well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. Mm. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. Mm. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves up above the, up above the Lord's assembly? Mm. This goes back to Kazi's point earlier. Where y'all just come from? This council, bro, we, we've seen Moses had to bear a lot of burdens for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall the council being on the fire when they lack water, because they did that multiple times. And um, when they lack food, which they did multiple times, you know, when they, when, um, when, they, when they were afraid to fight the Philistines. I don't remember the council being super vocal in anything. I remember Moses and Aaron bearing the brunt of all of these burdens. And they were also saying, this is actually a thing that you need to take up with God type of situation. I remember Moses speaking to God from Egypt time. Between Moses and Aaron, well, not even Aaron, like Moses spoke to God, Aaron delivered the message. I remember this. I remember God telling, we should dress Aaron this certain way. I remember certain things was given for Aaron to do specifically and certain things we know Moses did specifically. So to me, it's kind of confusing the audacity that Korah is coming with. Like definitely. I just be thinking like, out of all of the times, bro, when y'all could have stepped up to the plate... And taking the responsibility, where were you? You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And not even say that y'all couldn't know. I'm not even saying how competent they were, you know. I'm saying, bro, there's one person who has disproportionately carried the burdens of the entire clan. That's my thing. And I'm like, the whole question alone. Where, like, who, who's, who made, like, why then you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? What more, what more validation do you need? And, and think about it, these the Levites talking about, so these the priests. And this is Moses' first cousin. Yeah. Forget all that. Like, <laughs> like this is Moses' first cousin. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, but at the same time, God chose me to give you the Ten Commandments. Mm. Why you didn't speak up there? Why didn't, why didn't you want to go up on the mountain then? God gave me all the instructions to tell you about the Tabernacle, why you wasn't so vocal then. Mm. Now you're only getting vocal because we get to the promised land and y'all checking out. So, I mean, clearly y'all wasn't the ones who... Claire, y'all had faith then a couple, couple like, I guess, two chapters ago because y'all didn't get swallowed up. Well, I No, guess. they couldn't because there's Levi's. They couldn't have fight. Yeah, that's true. They couldn't true. have fight under no circumstance. That's true, that's true. But what I'm saying is, bro, y'all mad at God again. Once again, Moses taking the L for people's frustration with God. Mm-hmm. God chose to speak to Moses. He mm-hmm. picked, you. He could have picked Korah from, bro, when they was in Egypt back then. He could have picked Korah. When, bro, when Moses was, was at large for 40 years, you could, he could God could have picked Korah. Mm-hmm. You understand? But God did not pick you for whatever reasons because Moses is the, is the, is the best person for the job. And now y'all turning around like, oh, who, who put y'all in? Like, why are y'all above everything? Bro, because, bro, because literally, we was doing everything that God asked us to do. Like, we said all, we, we was the instruments of choice for God. Mm-hmm. You understand From what time. I'm saying? From time. So like, and that's why I mentioned that these, the Levites, because you see, they start off saying we holy, everybody holy. Mm-hmm. So now if all us holy, why you got to be the, the big leader guy if all us holy? But oh my. It, to me, it's as simple as, because God says so, bro. Like <laughs> Moses, he ain't never, Moses, Moses, Moses was content being a shepherd, bro. He was a shepherd boy for 40 years. Moses was too humble because we see in verse four, when Moses heard this, he fell face down. Me? And it's your cousin. See, God God chose the right one. Because me, I'd have been like, bro, where you come from? Who mm. sent you? <laughs> like, what? Again, why? And why now? At some, see, because this is the thing. Moses, like to me, Moses is like the type of person when people come to him 
with their evil ways or their evil thought processes, no matter how they wrap it, because they usually wrap it like, like as if this is a God thing to do. Moses just instantly becomes sad that they blaspheming or that y'all carrying on so bad because he know it come with that. So Moses right now, he's saying, oh, the way you talking, bro, you about to die next. Because we already see so much people die. We just see the 12 leaders, 10 of the 12 leaders just die. So now we have 250 um, Levite leaders and the members of the council, and they come and talk and spicy. And Moses just, Moses just like, I feel sorry for y'all because I know where this road going. You know what I mean? But truthfully, Moses... Moses, bro, Moses had every right to be like, bro, cuz, cuz, cuz. I mean, y'all just jealous, bro. Cuz, this ain't end well for you, bro. I, it's in your best interest to not come at me this week. You understand what I said? How you ain't know but your next cuz, Miriam, who was, who was hot. She, she. Hot leprosy. No, she, bro, she, she, she had the same issue. Mm-hmm. Haven't we all prophesied, hasn't? Mm-hmm. Bro, what, that, bro, they always come in like that. And it's a family trait with the Levites now. So now their pride is held in who is the who's the most used for God type of situation? Miriam was upset with the Kushite with the with the Kushite woman, Moses' wife, and then she turned around and said, Well, who is Moses, bro? We all is minister in XYZ. The same thing with Korah. All us blessed up, all us holy, bro. Mm-hmm. So why you gotta be different? Y'all ain't did news not did news not go around of what was Miriam's fate when she came like that? It's so crazy, bro, because I, I imagine these to be probably weeks apart. And even if like we see the camp was morning for 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 Miriam. Hmm. Anyway, so now we see um in verse five. Then the Lord then mean not then then Moses said to Korah and all his followers in the morning the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy and he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses he will cause to come to come near him. You Korah and all your followers are to do this. Take censers and tomorrow put fire and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses, he will, he will be the one who is holy. The Lev- you Levites have gone too far. Hmm. What do you say? Y'all gone too far. Gone too far. Mm. You're gone too far. You know the funny thing about it? They was going to tell Moses he gone too far. Moses flip it back on them. I say, y'all gone too far. Y'all the ones who gone too far. And that's the thing. They picked this fight. Mm-hmm. They picked this battle. And he was like, bro, all right, let's all do this. And then God could choose who is holy and who ain't. Because you saying everybody holy, Right? So, all right, let's do this, and, and God can decide who's, the, who's holy among us. And then we see Moses even went on to say, Now, listen, you Levites, hmm. isn't it enough for you that God of Israel have separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near to himself to do the work in the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? And that's true, because like I said, in Numbers 3, we can see how, especially Korah specifically, your, your tribe, your sub-tribe, I guess, was specifically dealing with the ark. With dealing with the ark, like this, like this. Not even all the Levites themselves have this responsibility, bro. So I'm like, okay, yeah, all the Levites set apart to do the work in the ministry and to be the priestly line. But y'all specifically, you even have a, but you, you even have a more sacred task than the rest of these. Is that ain't enough for you? Hmm. Like you already set apart from all of Israel. So like, what you come, like what you running on? But yeah, you, you holy, you purified, but. Like, you already have a sacred task. You should be comfortable in that. But now you're trying to aspire to be more. And this even harkens back to what we see how <laughs> the, devil the devil himself, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're aspiring to be more when you ain't. When you ain't. Mm. It's like a power trip a lot of times. So, and it's so funny because it's like some people don't get the hint that you are not qualified to be what you what you jealous of. You know, that was the devil. He was jealous of Jesus like. Mm-hmm. I like all these people running their organization. I could do a better job, that type of thing. It's that pride thing. And that's the thing with, with Cora. Like, 
Carl, what you saying? You saying you want me to be on your level or you saying you want to be on my level, bro? Because it's a difference. Like, what you truly saying? You know what I'm saying? And why you want me to be on your level where I is the one who have to deal who have to deal with all of this responsibility. Y'all ain't prepared to do this and I never see y'all even try to do this. You understand what I'm saying? But here it is, like, some people carry pride in their heart and, and I, I say this to say, you could even see this in church. You could even see this with ministry. It's all the time. Right? There's some people who just get jealous of the leadership roles that other people have and, and you and I could be ministers, but I could just say, I don't really like the fact that Earl getting all of these gigs or Earl speaking... Earl pastor or Earl congregation, he leading a flock of, of people with who's like two, two, three times the size of me, and I get jealous of that. But what is this? What is the God aspect of this, bro? Like you coming in the name of God, but you ain't coming for God. You understand what I'm saying? You thinking just because this is a Christian thing I talking about that your pride ain't getting in the way for this, and and that's that might be a misconception, bro. You could you could harbor pride and jealousy and destruction in your heart while doing the, the will of God. You could think that you that you you could think that your fight is is for equality, but your fight could be selfish ambitions. When we was reading Galatians, um, Galatians five, when when Paul was was talking about a few things that it will not get you into heaven, mm-hmm. selfish ambition was one of them, and that was like that really struck me. Like whoa, you know what I mean? Like he didn't say like following money or anything like that. He say selfish ambitions, and mm-hmm. here we can see this was this was what Cora, this was Cora. Just now, it was selfish ambitions that Cora coming at Moses in, in a sideways manner. You know what I mean? And to me, sometimes, I shouldn't even say sometimes, but like we see multiple examples in the Bible where some people could be so close to God, but they miss the whole point. Hmm. And to me, that's really what Cora was, was right now. Like, you're a priest. He, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're a priest. Like, he was a Levite. He was, he was part of the priesthood line. You're a priest. You're ministering to the people. As Moses is saying, like, isn't that good enough for you? Like, you're already an agent of God. Hmm. And, and it was Galatians 5, verse, verse 20, by the way, mm-hmm. that, that, that mentions the selfish ambition thing. But now you're like, this ain't good enough for me. <laughs> but God ain't really called you to do no more right now. Like, even though you may feel you qualified, but God called everyone to a specific role. And this even goes to what we were saying earlier. Like, suppose you want to do more, but... That's just seeing your calling right now. Exactly. You might you might want to be a Levite, but you wasn't born in a Levite clan. Your calling mm. is to be one of the protectors. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, every, bro. If we if we want to be citizens in God's like community and stuff like that, you gotta understand what you call to do. You know, and these these people who just had too much dip on their chip, bro. At the end of the day, like y'all have too much. Y'all 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 really exalting yourself too much. Like over over. What y'all actually uh, have have done, and what y'all qualified to do. So, and so we see in verse um, number sixteen, verse ten. He has <laughs> brought you and, and all your followers, and all, and all your fellow Levites near Himself. But now you are trying to get the priesthood too. Is <laughs> it is against the law that you and your followers have banded together? Who is Aaron that you should grumble against them? So Moses saying like. No, y'all won't be in charge of everything now. Like, who, what, what, like, really and truly, like, what's going on? Like, y'all, y'all coming against the Lord right now because the Lord set us up and he has already proved this time and time again that me and Aaron, he set me and Aaron up different than the rest of you guys. Every time the pillar of fire come, God giving me commands. Hmm. We have a tent set up. God saying, I ain't coming. He coming to talk to me. Why all of a sudden again, this is a problem. 
after it's been like two years now, you had a problem in year one or two. Like now, you, where, where is animosity really coming from? I, I think at this point in time, bro, it's, a, it's, a, it's high stress levels. Everything, like like we say last part, it's, it's turmoil. Or maybe we said at the beginning of this part, mm-hmm. it's turmoil going on in the camps. And so everybody becoming super impatient and everyone is testy. And Cora take, take it upon himself to say, Mane, it's now or never. Let me strike now and actually reveal what's probably been lingering in my heart for years now. Hmm. So then Moses summoned Dathan and, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we, we will not come. Isn't it, isn't it enough that you have brought us out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the desert? We, we brought you out of the land. I'd have been like, excuse me, it was y'all. It was y'all. Unfaithfulness. Who le- like, why didn't you speak up? Hmm. Like, here's the thing. If, if you were so convinced that, you, that we could take the land, why didn't you speak up? Hmm. Why didn't you lose your priestly power? Your ministerial duties to minister to the people and tell them that no, we actually could take it. Why didn't you advocate to the people before just saying, yo, God, God is with us, we can take the land. And now you're blaming me for bringing you out of the land when the, the grumbling of the people, the grumbling of you guys, the grumbling of the Israelites causes us to come and go in this land. Like mm-hmm. I right here with you, I in the desert too. Like, uh, has anyone noticed that I am also suffering the same fate? Y'all ain't noticed that? Like, y'all think I, I doing this for fun? Y'all think I won't be in this desert? Hmm. Roaming around? This ain't fun. I just see magic because obviously I'm not there, but I just think it ain't fun. <laughs> and I think I see that today a lot of times too, where people blame God for something that literally wasn't God. Like, <laughs> that ain't had much to do with God at all. That wasn't God's decision. That was all y'all mm-hmm. disobeying me. And then when y'all get what y'all actually ask for, all the consequences of disobeying me, then I blame God. You understand? And I, I just like, bro, a lot of times people lack accountability, truthfully. It's, a, it's the lack of accountability for me. They telling Moses, Moses summoning them, right? They like, bro, we ain't coming, bro. Well, I, we still mad at you that y'all ain't, you, you, Moses, stop us from going to the land of milk and honey and we must follow you. And, and it gets deeper. They say, and now you want to lord it over us? Moreover, you haven't brought us into the land flowing of milk and honey or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you gouge out the eyes of these men? No, mm. we will not come. Mm. Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, do not accept their offering. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, mm. nor have I wronged any of them. <laughs> mm. Moses said, okay, I'm done with y'all. Yep. Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers, followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. And you and they and Aaron, each man is to take his censer and put an put incense on it, 250 censers in all, and present it before the Lord. You and Aaron are to present your censers also. So each man took his censer, put fire and incense in it, and stood with Moses and Aaron at the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Korah had gathered all his followers in opposition to them at the entrance of the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the entire assembly. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. Hmm. I wonder if Korah though was felt at that moment. And you hearing God say that? Truthfully, my thing is, bro, people is lack accountability. But in their heart, I believe, in their heart, there's no they wrong. There's no they wrong. But sometimes I say and do stuff. In my heart, after I finish saying it, I'm like, I know that was wrong. But it might be pride why I don't just apologize or undo what I just did. You understand? And I can, I know I know they were scared. You know, I know they was petrified. And let me tell you why, let me tell you why 
I say they know they was wrong because it was Cora and all of these men who was about to get what, about to get what they asked for essentially, right? And when it was time to separate, separate the camps just a little more, like to get them off the hook, they didn't stay with Cora. You know one stay with Cora. No, sir. You understand? Like it was Cora and their families at the end of the day had to mm-hmm. have their faith. Everyone who all of the other 250 men who was there conspiring against Moses. When when they was able to be spared, they wanted to be spared. They they didn't say no man, I dying for this. You remember when the um when when they had to separate and say all those who was in favor of the golden calf stay here and, and XYZ. Some people double down on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They was like, no, no, I, I was solid with that golden calf, and then they end up getting <laughs> they end up getting it's their, a rap. <laughs> yeah, their penalty. <laughs> it's a rap. Um the Moses and Aaron fell face down. So after God said, separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them. Moses and Aaron fell face down and cried out, Oh God, God of, God of the spirits of all mankind, will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Mm. Mm. Reasoning again. This yeah. Moses again. Pleading for Moses them. and Aaron this time. Yeah, pleading. Saying, <laughs> Say, God, no, it's only him. <laughs> it's only one man. True, because then they know their cousin too. Mm-hmm. And, and you know you inspiring this rebellion bro yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, these people will, will never been this emboldened to speak with you they didn't come and just like try to bring them together and two to one they might have been given the most energy too they might have been talking the most spicy mm-hmm. out of everyone <laughs> and so and so you see Moses um, pleading on their behalf and, and then God showed them mercy too then we see that Moses then the Lord said to Moses say to the assembly move away from the tents of Korah Dathan and Abiram Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram, the elders, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he warned the assembly, move back from the tents of these wicked men. Do not touch anything belonging to them or you will be swept away because of their sins. Hmm. So they moved away from the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. Dathan and Abiram had come out where, come out and were standing with their wives, children and little ones at the entrance to their tents. Then Moses said, this is how... You will know that the Lord has sent me to all, to do all these things and that it was not my idea. If these men die a natural death and experience only what usually happened to men, the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something totally new and the earth opens up and it mouth swallows them with everything that belongs to them and they go down and, and then they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. Mm. No. Very specific. Very specific. If if these guys live a long life and die a natural death, you know God ain't send me. Mm-hmm. But if you all see something brand new, happen, brand new, right? If like, and then he say something crazy. Say, I mean, like if 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 the, the earth if open, the earth open, and all of their possessions and them go in there, you know what I mean? Then you know this from the Lord. You can't get more specific or precise than that. Mm. As soon as Moses finished saying this, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them with their households and all Akara's men and their possessions. Mm. They went down alive into the grave with everything they owned. The earth closed over them, and they perished and were gone from the community. Like I say, Akara wanted the fame. Mm-hmm. And this is what you get immortalized for. You understand what I'm saying, bro? Come on. And you can see, you can, we can see truly how this 40-year sentence putting a big wedge on the whole Israelite community. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things just falling apart because people nervous. They never experienced because right now they're hopeless. 
This whole time, even though they was complaining, there was still hope. It was still hope because they know at the end of the day, something could, sh- could shake. But now they know for sure, ain't nothing gut shake. So now they panicky. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, bro. When God, <laughs> when Moses, when Moses um, pleaded on, on behalf of those other two guys, I can't remember, um, Dothan and Abiram, they surely did move. They tense off or move them around them, the mother tense. Like, you understand what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. y'all, if y'all felt emboldened that y'all was telling the truth, why y'all didn't stay with them? No, man. If y'all felt like, if y'all sincerely felt like Moses was out of line and he wasn't led by God, why y'all didn't say, no, man. Yeah, all right. Wait, wait, we could die our natural death because truth, we know we right. No, y'all know y'all was wrong, bro. So they, they end up moving. It didn't make no sense. I died with you, bro. It was good. I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense before. It didn't make, it didn't make no sense. I died with you, bro. And these is people of God. That's the crazy thing, bro. These are the people who's dealing with the Ark of the Covenant and thing. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like these was this first of all, this from the priestly clan, but they had special assignments too. Like that's just crazy. And they missed it. <laughs> and they missed it. So now we see, even right after that, a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. Mm. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest, to take the census out of the smoldering remains and scatter the coals some distance away, for the census are holy. The censers of the man who sinned at the cost of their lives. Hammer the senses into sheets and overlay and, and sheets to overlay the altar. For they presented before the Lord and have become holy. Let the let let them let them be assigned to the Israelites. So Eliezer the priest collected the bronze senses brought by those who had been burned up and had them hammered out <laughs> to overlay the altar. As the Lord directed him through Moses, this was to remind the Israelites that no one except the descendant of Aaron should come to burn incest before the Lord, mm. or he would become like Korah and his followers. The next day, so that's where it gets a little funny too. The next day, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Mm. You have killed the Lord's people, they After said. After all of that, bro, Moses make it so clear, F. If this happened, that means the Lord is with mm-hmm. me. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That means showing who is holy and who ain't holy. And, and truthfully, it didn't have to get like that, you know. Mm-hmm. He was like, remember Moses, they telling me, I get your senses, we can do this in sense X, Y, Z. And then God can show us who holy and who ain't. But then they start talking even more spicy, start disobeying Moses. And then he was like, all right, God, don't, don't accept the offering. Like, we ain't even got to go this route. Right? And now the people see this and they're like, oh, it's Moses cost this. That's how you know these people... I ain't gonna lie, these people wasn't moving by God, bro. Like, these people had, like, they, they was blinded. You understand what I'm saying? You could tell they was definitely blinded. How you could see a supernatural thing happen, and you automatically say, Moses is the enemy. Moses caused that happen. These was innocent people. You ain't thinking with your heart, bro. Like, you ain't, nope. think, you ain't thinking with your brain either, bro. Like, it just you just, shows the devil in portrayal of the camp, too. Like, just someone just sees a, de- like, see the discord. Because, like you say, God literally did this. When sense cuts man have the power to open up the earth and swallow them whole. But if I was Moses, I just would have been so dumbfounded. Like, how I get in this? I was literally minding my own business one day. Then Korah, his people, and 250 men come at me. Mm. And I start kneeling on the ground before God. Like, yo, 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 don't, don't get like this. I was being humble and chill this whole time. Until y'all start, till I realized y'all really wasn't making no sense. And I say, God... I ain't gonna lie, we can't, we shouldn't even accept these people. And then God gonna say, I'm gonna kill all of y'all. And then I plead on behalf of them. 
I say, no, 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 no. Only this one, this one is really, who's the one who want the most smoke, really. Mm-hmm. And then now, when God end up taking care of Korah, the, the, Moses was found guilty in the court of public opinion. And I have this thing where I feel like the majority is usually wrong. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, here we see the bro, here we see the camp grumble against Moses and Aaron. They say, they said, you have killed the Lord's people. Me. I ain't even touched these people. The Lord has killed the Lord's people is what they're saying. And who is the Lord really? You, you, you making it seem like Moses manipulated God to doing that as if God doesn't know all things. Mm-hmm. That's the way I take this. I take this as them saying, bro, you was being false and you was lying and you caused God kill them for no reason. What type of logic is that? Hmm. Man, oh man. And then we see... Verse 42. Yeah, but the assembly gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned toward the tent of meeting. Suddenly the cloud covered and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron went in front of the tent of meeting and the Lord said to Moses, get away from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. (laughs) And they fell face down. Like God saying, man, Moses, it's a little too much for you. Hmm. Let me just end them. Moses again saying, God, (laughs) <laughs> Moses said to Aaron Yeah Moses said to Aaron Take your sense And put an incense in it Along with the fire from the altar And hurry to the assembly And make atonement for them mm. Wrath has come up from the Lord And the plague has started mm. The plague already started on them Yeah and Moses like bro Hurry up Hurry up make atonement for them Let's, let's do this Hurry up just do it quickly And this next thing too Is like You think Korah would have been this humble? No Korah bro Korah did not have the qualities To be a Moses, bro. No one on earth did because Moses was the most humble on earth. Think about it in the face of all this adversity again. These people come like grumbling towards him. Moses still was like, you know what? Let's just make a tumor for these sins. They don't, they don't deserve to die. And me, I'm like, no, y'all. See, no, but they did deserve to die. They did. Moses, Moses was like, man, that's God, what give I'm them saying. mercy. Give them mercy type of thing. And also, I think I might have said this off my bro. I wouldn't have been, bro, I, I probably, knowing myself, I probably would have reasoned for them a couple of times. But I wasn't going as far, bro. Moses was taking extreme lengths. To save these people's lives and their salvation and stuff like that. Like me, after after a while, I feel like you got to be accountable for your actions type of thing. But truthfully, God don't do that to us. God just give us so much chances. Even see, the way this is sin is death. So if we sin today, we, we deserve to die type of situation. But it's like we we go, you know, we go so long and God give us so much grace. But we see Moses show a lot of similarities to that. Like I can keep I can keep praying for y'all, even though y'all mad at me mm-hmm. for doing nothing wrong. I hate when people get frustrated at me. And I did everything right. I hate that. I yeah. hate when I bear consequences for doing the right thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not fun, right? He's like, bro, what more can I do? I might, and it always hurts me. Like, if I had just done wrong, this this whole this whole arc would have been easier. Exactly. If I had done wrong, we wouldn't have been here. It would have been uh, it would have been much easier for me to sleep at night if I had just cut the corner mm-hmm. and did the wrong thing or not go out my way to do the right thing, basically. Mm-hmm. And now I do the right thing and I still get 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 the repercussions. <laughs> Understand? So like. We see Moses and, and Moses, them, they making haste. They making haste. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's hurry up a door for this, but the plague done stop. And that's why I want to show how, how fast Arkin this plague really was. Did we see, uh, where, where was I? Uh, verse 47. So Aaron did as Moses said. He ran into the midst of the temple, ran into the midst of the temple. The plague had already started among the people, but Aaron offered incense and made atonement for them. He stood between the living and the dead and the plague stopped. Mm. But... 14,700 people died from the plague, in addition to those who had died because of Korah. 
Then, then Moses, then Moses and Aaron returned. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting, for the plague had stopped. So let's think about it. That's almost like fifteen thousand people who died. Because you know it was two fifty for sure, for sure before, and then Korah and his family. Mm-hmm. So that's about fifteen thousand people who died because of this one rebellion. Supposed to learn. So crazy, bro. And it's like, where does it come from? Like, and truthfully, if Korah didn't even, if Korah them didn't start this, everyone would have still been there. That fifteen thousand people would have still been there, regardless of how they felt. They might have felt that way, but if they didn't start to rebel, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, have, bro. It wouldn't have end that way. And you can see how people are how easily influenced these people are too at the same time. And then it 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 make me think that they just kind of have, um, a like a certain demeanor towards Moses, like like me and that Moses could do like. Every like everything was everything would happen bad is Moses' fault. Mm-hmm. If we don't have no food, it's Moses' fault. No water, it's Moses' fault. If we do something and then get punished for that, it's Moses' fault. You know, everything is Moses' fault, no matter what. Like, it's a meme with somebody riding a bicycle. I don't know if you ever see this meme. It's like a diagram. Like first is someone riding a bicycle. The second, the second thing is like them putting a stick in the wheel of their bicycle, right? Mm. The third thing is them falling, like on falling on the ground. So this was something self-inflicted. But it's like in the third in the third screen, they blame someone for it. Even though you did this for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like the Israelites riding. Part two, the Israelites put a stick in their bicycle, which makes them fall. The third thing is I'm saying, this has to be Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses has to cause this. You know, has to have caused that. And that's what we see. Yeah, so now in verse 17, right? We see chapter now, yeah, chapter 17, my bad. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and get 12 stars from them. One from each leader of the of the ancestral tribes. Write the name on write the name of each man on his staff. On the staff of Levi, write Aaron's name. For there must be one staff for each head of the ancestral tribes. Place them in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I meet with you. The staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout, and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by all the Israelites. You see, God saying, "I'm tired of this. I ain't even doing this for your sake. I don't mm-hmm. this for my sake." And I'm even say, <laughs> I, I helping you out still, though. Like. Yeah, I'm helping you out. Like, like there, after this, there should be no more grumbling, saying that, did I choose you or not? Who put you in charge? There should be no more. We've seen this like the second, third time this happened, and God's saying, okay, let's put an end to this once and for all. After mm-hmm. this, they should know for sure, for certain, who I chose. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> you would think. Can't swear for them at all. Mm-mm. And then so... And Moses spoke to the Israelites, and the leaders gave them 12 staffs for each leader of their ancestral tribes, and Aaron's staff was among them. Moses placed the staffs before the Lord in the tent of meeting. The next day, Moses entered the tent of, the tent of testimony and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the house of Levi, had not only sprouted, it had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Hmm. Think of that in one night. Like in one night, almonds. in one night, this, this staff went through the whole growth cycle. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing just to sprout. And that's like to grow like some like little like weed, see a little grass. Now this thing not only sprout, it blossomed. <laughs> it and budded, not- blossomed, and produced fruit. Mm-hmm. In all in one night. And this was a dead stick. Exactly. <laughs> a dead stick predicted all of this in one night. So you notice the power of God. God saying, y'all ain't, there will be no ambiguity to what happening now. Mm-hmm. You could say, oh, that grass was ever there or something like that. Nobody. This thing produced fruit overnight. So you come there, you see in this stuff, the stuff got all kind of mana things growing mm-hmm. on. You're like, oh yeah, let's eat these almonds. <laughs> then Moses brought all the stuff from, 
But all the staffs out from the Lord's presence to the Israelites. They looked at them, and each man took his own staff. The Lord said to Moses, put back Aaron's staff in front of the testimony to keep to be kept as a sign to rebellious, that, that this will put an end to their grumbling against me so that they will not die. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. The Israelites said to Moses, we will die. We are lost. We are all lost. Anyone who even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord will die. Are we all going to die? It's such like a cliffhanger how the chapter ends, but it's like just shows the state how the Israelites were still thinking. Hmm. I, I, at this point, I don't know what to make of the Israelites now, bro. Like, but I'm like, in a, in a weird roundabout way, I'm like, yeah, y'all, 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 y'all feel already sealed because God already saying like, y'all said who old up. Well, I'm assuming the ones who grumbling, doing the most grumbling right now. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all are going to die because y'all did not fate to begin with. So God's saying, yeah, y'all could die without ever going into the land of Canaan. So why is the shock to y'all now? Like, you know, I, I, has your rebellion finally quelled now? Like, have y'all, have y'all accept y'all wrongdoings? Feel bad for Moses, though. Feel bad for Moses. Moses, Moses had a hard ride, bro. Mm-hmm. That's why I saying Abraham, remember last, last week we was like, like some, some could argue Abraham had adversity in X, Y, Z. But I'm like, you can't, you can't talk to Moses. You can't talk to Moses, just in all honesty. That's, this is, str- I can't think of a more stressful job in the Bible outside of Jesus's ministry <laughs> than Moses's. Pretty stressful. I mean, I guess people could argue because, you know, we had people who was enslaved in X, Y, Z, but... We had some kings too, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a different level of stress. I don't even think... Because the Bible ain't going into this story, but I mean, you still have to rule a country. That's essentially what Moses was. He's still ruling He's ruling that. a country, but they was in the desert ruling this country. Mm-hmm. You understand what they're saying? So... Anyway. Yeah, I mean, he can't... We don't want to call it. We yeah, can't yeah, really yeah. quantify it. Like, he, he had a hard time. I don't even know why we why we was trying to quantify this. Now, yeah, like, like, Moses had a hard time. He had a hard time, like, and he was he was so humble with it too. And this we even made it harder. In my opinion, because like when you're doing the right thing, it's so because it's so easy to do wrong. I mm-hmm. mean, let's just be real, so easy to do wrong. Like it's super easy to do wrong. And and then if Moses was like a like a dictator type of thing, he could he probably could have had them in check even more mm-hmm. type of way. Like if they, if they was following out of fear, you understand? But it was liberal, so they had the they had the courage to talk to him any type of any type of way. And they clearly the courage to rise up against him. Exactly. And spread these seeds of doubt and fear and mistrust. And saying, most of our business should have. We had it better in Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. We out here, we, we, we need water to drink. We need food. Like, he brings us here to die. Like, oh, shoot. We were supposed to go in this, this line of milk and honey. We was right there, but now we can't go in no more. How does that make sense? And that's Moses' fault, too. Mm. Moses' causes couldn't get, get into the line of milk and honey. He brings us to Egypt, but he had to die. Yeah, oh, they, are, they about to take our kids. We was to die. Oh, we had, we had cucumbers, melons, onions, garlic in, in Egypt. All type of things. Cucumbers. All, all type of thing they had in Egypt. Everything is better than following Moses, truthfully. And that was their demeanor. And then when you think about, like how they say, your attitude is determined your altitude. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, your attitude can stop you from getting to a higher height. That's 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 100% fact. That's 100% fact for the children of Egypt. And honestly... Israel. Is, thanks. <laughs> the children of Israel. And honestly, the story, we we, we about to reach a, a, a climax in the story of the, of the Israelites. Truthfully, some could argue that this was the climax. But... We can see where they've already been through a lot. And one thing that we one thing that's continuing to happen is the, is their willingness to grumble or to disregard what God has done and to lack faith. And this is something that has not been cured. And it's and it's also it's also to a fault because we see where these people have sealed their own fate. Mm-hmm. Where they're not going to be able to see the king, um, not, not the kingdom, they're not going to be able to see the, the land flowing of milk and honey. But at the same time, they still 
they still putting a lot of pressure on someone like Moses, who was a devout leader. And they, they causing Moses to arc out a character where he getting frustrated and stuff like that. And it just go to show how truthfully your attitude can set you apart. You understand? Because here, here we have it, the Israelites were being tested in a lot of ways. We saw how they, the Lord knew they lacked faith. So the Lord put them through certain circumstances where their faith could be tested, their faith could be strengthened. And think about our lives. There's times when we have been tested. And that's why the prosperity gospel is so so toxic because it doesn't give you a holistic understanding of our walk in Christ. And that's how we started the, um, this episode too. So we, so we have it like a, a holistic, full circle type of way. There's going to be good days. That's a fact. We know in heaven it's only going to be good days. That's a fact. But the fact that we're in earth right now, we have to understand that. There could be good days. There could be bad days. There could be bad days. That's the devil tempting you and just unfortunate circumstances. But there could be what we define as bad days because the Lord is trying to test us. The Lord is trying to build us. The Lord is trying to mold us. So above all things, if we look at God as the source of our strength and our prosperity and the God is our leader, we need to be thankful in all things and we need to use the bad times to actually lean closer to God so that he can help us to get to a new level, a new height. And a new line, a new line. Moses' time in the desert thus far has been very rocky. But as of late, it seems like even his family is turning on him. First Miriam, and now the more recent, his cousin Korah, as well as their fellow Levites. But to make matters worse, there seems to always be a constant complaining and grumbling coming from the Israelites. But as rocky as it's been for Moses, let's just say this time, he's hit rock bottom. But we'll talk about Moses, God, and water from the rocks on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Dominic McFall, as well as your host, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.